Hi, everyone. May peace be on you all and welcome to a special interview segment on I'm a Muslim and that's okay. And I've done the whole Muslim segment before in which I narrate extraordinary stories of everyday Muslims. And I have two very special guests with me. Um, one I've known for a little while now, um, Sikandar Ansari and his wife, Natasha Ansari, and their little baby Zayn, as you can see. Oh my gosh, for everybody who's on YouTube, you can see this adorable little face. I could just eat him up. He's adorable, mashallah. And but you guys tell me, how are the both of you? We're doing pretty good. Uh, excited to have Zane. Yes. And oh. please tell my audience where you guys are. So we're in Salt Lake City in Utah. Beautiful here. It snowed a little bit last night, so it's nice weather. Nice Great weather. Great to be in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Zane so, is uh, four months old, wow. and uh, <laughs> we got him through adoption, and he is just the joy in our lives. Oh. Mashallah. And I'm going to get to that, Natasha, very soon. But first, you, gotta t you guys got to tell me, like I said before, I've known Sikandar for a little while now because him and my husband went to med school together. And uh, he was in Detroit the same time we were in Detroit. So Sikandar, tell me, how did you get where you are right now? So we'll, we'll rewind a bit, you know, do a little bit of flashback for you. So I finished training in Detroit in 2013, moved to Milwaukee for my first job, hated it, never <laughs> wanted to be there. And it's, it's, uh, it was a good time, but I didn't like the job. And my brother had been in Utah for a good five years at that time. So an opening opened up at University of Utah and I moved here in 2000 yeah. you you were you're of as my husband is you were born in Pakistan were you raised there born in Pakistan raised in Pakistan yes I moved to US in 2007 when I was 27 yes right after right after med school like all the other others right. from his batch yes and yes. please tell me Natasha about yourself you know where you're from how did you get here uh, yeah, so born and raised in Utah. I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for seven years. I currently am in a PhD program for nursing at the University of Utah. And we met while we were both working uh, in the ICU at the local cancer center here. Uh, Pretty unique story, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, both of you, um, like, Again, for Pakistanis, you know this, Sikandar, being a doctor is not unusual, okay? You're either one of three things. You're a doctor, you're an engineer, or now you're in IT, okay? So you took the traditional route of becoming the doc, okay? Yeah. But the way the both of you met, and, you know, I know a little bit of backstory for Sikandar, and I know his parents were like, oh, no, when is our son going to get married? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and... The way you two met is a very non-traditional Pakistani marriage. I agree. Uh, and I also agree with your insight that my parents did have this question, <laughs> when is he getting married? But you have to remember, I have an older brother who was also not married at the, at the time. Right, right. So being the middle child, I snuck in and bought time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was some level of uh, excitement for me to get married but I, there was also some okay we have time let him figure right. out what he wants to right right and natasha you gotta tell me why him why this dude <laughs> i mean i, I know uh, stuff about him why this dude come on <laughs> um yeah he 
I don't know. He was he played it pretty cool. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> when we were on our first date, um, he shook my hand at the door, so I thought that the date sucked. <laughs> he just shook my hand and left. <laughs> For a Pakistani, the handshake is like, wow. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. That's, the, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, uh, oh, okay, I guess that date uh, you know, wasn't a good one, and I'll never hear from him again. <laughs> but no, it, it, uh, I don't know. It happened very naturally. Uh, it was very easy. We had, um, you know, big conversations right from the start of right. our goals, goodness, our right. goals and, uh, you know, dreams and aspirations and backgrounds. And I think we were actually, you know, very similar. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time we met, no, the second time we met, we went uh, snowshoeing. It was still mm -hmm. winter, January. Uh, came back and on the drive down from the canyon in the mountains, she asked me out of nowhere, are you religious? And I said, yes, I'm very religious in my own way. <laughs> and I thought I would never see her again for that. <laughs> How did that sit with you, Natasha? Because I know it can be, uh, it can be a difficult thing to digest, especially when you both are not from the same background. Yeah. You know, I think I was a little nervous when he said, you know, I'm very religious, but then once he explained to me his version of religion, it it actually sounded quite um, cultural, not necessarily what I would call, I guess, religious in my own way. Uh, growing up in Utah, you know, there's a lot of um, obviously uh, LDS Mormons here mm -hmm. and I did not grow up Mormon. Uh, okay. um, so. So my perception of organized religion is quite negative. Um, mm -hmm. You know, growing up the minority um, in a religious aspect. So when Sikander said he's very religious, I thought of organized religion, and that made me very uh, nervous. But when he elaborated, it was much more spiritual. Spiritual, yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. much more like his own version, his own way. Um, not conforming to like the negative aspects of religion, but really taking in the positive aspects. Right. Um, and we, I think, bonded a lot in that way. Yeah. So we discussed a lot. I mean, the way I was brought up was religion is very important. But at the right. same time, the man-made version where you have to pay money to make a mosque more shiny rather than feed people. Right, right. So not that I'm saying that what that anyone is wrong, but right, right. in my mind, religion was more doing good rather than making buildings and making monuments and stuff like that. Right. So a lot of those discussions happened and um, and we kind of figured it out for each other. Right. But um, you got to tell me, I mean, again, non-traditional way you guys met, uh, non-traditional coming together. How did the families yeah. react? So the families, I think, took it very positively. Of course, they had their questions. How? Mm -hmm. And when, and that was a good thing because that meant the families were engaging. Right. They were looking right, right. at that as a realistic possibility. And I remember uh, calling my parents and they were about to come to USA to visit. And I told them, there's a girl I want you to meet. Right. And I am sure I want to marry her. And Aww. honestly, it was just a very short uh, uh, conversation. My mother and my father were like, we're, we're very proud and we want to meet her. And of Aww. course, we have questions, but yeah. if you are sure, that means you've thought of everything. Right. And then when we come there, we'll discuss everything in more detail. Right. What and, about your, uh, your family, Natasha? Oh, they were very open and uh, very excited and happy just, you know, 
to have me be happy and for us to, you know, decide that marriage was what we wanted and right. to have a family and all that stuff. It was, uh, you know, very relaxed and I don't know, we didn't have any like big discussions right. about it. It's like he was, right. um, family had met him multiple times before. And right. so it was very easy to kind of just integrate him into the family, my immediate family and extended family as well. Everyone was just very happy for us. Right. So. It was, and, it was very easy. And I would say when his parents got here, it's not like we had a big sit down discussion. No. It wasn't serious at all. It was step by step. Right, yeah. right. So right, right, right. as things move forward, we did have discussion like me with my parents, <laughs> Natasha with right. her dad, right. just like this is our plan. But it was right. never any opposition or negativity. And I do admit that, you know, my parents grew up in a very small town part of Pakistan. Right, right. They weren't, but going back to Pakistan, they weren't the <coughs> traditional progressives, but they are right. progressives in their own way. Right, right. And yes. I mean, uh, full credit to them because this is not something that goes down very well in Pakistani families. I know. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> it can be pretty dicey. No, it but, can uh, be. but so I think one of the biggest things what makes it so easy is her name. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I think anything you can find which is familiar makes it easy. Easier, that's true. Because Natasha and uh, names like Natasha, Sabrina, even though they're not technically Pakistani names, but they've sort of become integrated into our culture as well. So yeah. I get that. You guys got married last year, right? 2019, yes. 2019, yes. So, and I was there at the wedding, mashallah. It was a beautiful wedding. So, and uh, when we met you guys, oh, I think it was a couple of months after that. And you guys had you know, told us that you were going to adopt. And here's yeah. the thing. I've always wanted to adopt a, a kid myself. But how was, how did your families take this? So families with the adoption part, they had some questions. Mm-hmm. And I guess in my family is not extremely traditional. They don't have right. boundaries of not being able to talk about about situations like these. So there right. were some discussions about why. Right. And I I feel there is uh, no magical reason why. It's just something we always wanted to do when we got together as a couple. Right. Uh, and it's just telling them and showing them that uh, this is something which really would make us happy. And it's the same as having biological kids, not having biological kids for us. Right. But here's the thing. And um, even though uh, Islamically, there is no restriction on adoption, but in Pakistani culture, it's it's a bit of a ta- taboo culturally. So that's the thing. Um, and when uh, both of you had said that you had wanted to adopt, I had asked you, Natasha, that you will, I mean, actually told you that you would face the question like, you know, why don't you try for your for biological children first and then adopt? Did you face anything like that? No, I don't. I, I mean, from either of our families, they were very accepting yeah. right from the beginning. When right. we were saying this is our plan, there was no question of why and yeah there was no um questioning what we were thinking or right what how we even came up to the conclusion it was just like okay great if that's what makes you happy then that's, end of story like and that, it was very easy that's so fantastic i mean because um again i was really expecting there would be some some opposition especially you know 
considering how it is in the Pakistani culture about this. Um, but the other thing is, you had you both of you had first wanted to adopt from Pakistan. Um, how was the process for that? And but that's not how it turned out in the end, did, did it? So the process to adopt from Pakistan, I think, is pretty much intertwined by your earlier comment that it's a cultural taboo. Right. Some a lot, a lot of folks look at it as a good but negative thing. Hmm. And and unfortunately, um, we weren't able to adopt from Pakistan. We will in the near future, but that was only due to the pandemic. Right. And there is no centralized system. Right. Well, there's no centralized system in USA either, but it's mm-hmm. in Pakistan. It depends on orphanages. Right. You go interview at an orphanage, and if the orphanage association or the the person who runs it likes you, you get placed with a child. Right. Um, adopting a newborn is extremely unlikely from there because that the whole for lack of a better word, the transaction of meeting someone, talking mm-hmm. to someone, they're about to have a child. Right. I think right. it's covered by the impression that adoption or giving your child or placing your child in adoption is not a good thing. Right. And then receiving right. child adoption is not a good thing. So a lot of, almost all the times, these children get placed in orphanages. Right. And from orphanages, they get placed for adoption anywhere. And Abi is the biggest center in Pakistan. Right. There have been some uh, lawsuits. I don't know the details about mm. where they got. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but they got involved in some lawsuits about child trafficking. Oh gosh. So I don't know the details about that. So they have right. not been interacting from parents, uh, prospective parents from USA at all. Right. So their website still says they're open, but when you call them after 100 phone calls and get hold of someone, right. they are not retaining any applications from USA. Uh, then the Ansar Bernie Trust is someone which is still working from Karachi. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a situation where you just show up, get a time to interview with Ansar Bernie. Mm-hmm. And, and if he likes you, you get placed with the baby. Okay. Uh, and then there are a few other smaller organizations which work in the same manner mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully we still want to go through the process in a couple of years right when we're ready to right right and um and then you decided to adopt from the u.s how was that process because i know people who've been through the adoption process even in the u.s can be pretty heartbreaking at times yeah i i mean we were all set with our paperwork and everything for uh, Pakistan as mm-hmm. of you know March and then right. the pandemic hit right, and right. so it wasn't possible we were the plan was for Pakistan to uh, stay there for like three months right because we would go interview with the orphanage right we would ideally be approved and then we would actually have to stay in Pakistan for three months before mm-hmm. we could get a visa to come back to the US and finalize here. So that yeah. was like our big, you know, pre-pandemic yeah. plan. Um, obviously international travel was like the first to be shut down. So that became impossible. Right. Uh, and we just, I don't know, we had a, a conversation together and said, we really had our hearts set on adopting this year. And obviously it's not going to happen uh, in, in Pakistan. So let's try uh, domestic and see what happens. And that's exactly what we did. And 
it was because the international paperwork was so, um, it was a long process. So it was very in-depth. It was actually really easy to just quickly transition to domestic. So right. we, it was with a lot of research. Uh, right. There's quite uh, extreme uh, circumstances. So there's agencies, uh, obviously domestic agencies that you can work with and sign up with. Um, and they do all the work for you. And then the other end of the spectrum is completely private where you, um, us being the adoptive parents have found an expectant mother and she has agreed to choose us. And right. so we are privately, it's called a private adoption. We're privately seeking out an attorney. We're privately right. seeking out social workers. And so, and it's kind of more of an intimate um, event, but the middle spectrum is where we ended up with. So we. We decided in April to go domestic. Um, I was kind of marketing ourselves, trying to figure out um, how to do this. Where will we find an expectant mother? Right. What's going to happen? Um, we got really fortunate. We had um, four expectant mothers who chose us. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had, um, you get really excited about yeah. this part of the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the middle ground, meaning we just, went on some websites, put our ap application there and put our mm -hmm. profile there, pictures mm -hmm. and what we wanted to do with our lives. Mm -hmm. And people started contacting us. And I remember it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And within those four days, there were four mothers we spoke to over the phone. Mm -hmm. And all four of us chose us. Four of them. Oh, four of them chose us, chose sorry. Us, yeah. And then we didn't, of course, it's a very difficult situation. We were just said, whoever chose us first we want to be right. connected with them right and actually there was one young mother who lived in Salt Lake who had mm. physically met who chose us the same weekend mm. but I think uh, in this situation you just go with whoever said whoever picked us first it gets to you first and, yeah mm -hmm. and we connected with her we spent the summer building a relationship with her meeting her talking to her and we she came down spent uh evening at our place she lives in boise so it's five hours away mm. so met her over the summer a few times and then we got the lucky phone call in august that the baby's ready to come out <laughs> but just to back up <laughs> those four mothers um we were, we were just talking about this last night tell them tell her about the conversations that we were having so do I think you will find this really interesting uh, in this whole atmosphere of being Muslim, especially right. in Utah. It makes right. you really conscious of what people ask. Right. So uh, at work, I've been asked a few things by patients which were sensitive and unnecessary. Less than <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Less than ideal and at, at times a little offensive. Mm. So I was expecting a similar word of caution that, you know, um, so the first time, just just like when I met my beautiful wife, I made sure I told her I'm religious and I'm right. Muslim. Right. <laughs> so in our first conversations, I always found a way to bring up that we're a Muslim household. Mm -hmm. I am Muslim. Natasha identifies as Muslim too. Mm -hmm. And uh, the child will learn from us uh, whatever we know. And uh, we always brought it up in every conversation. Right. Uh, and How was the reaction to that? I mean, that again, was very, it was very pleasantly surprising because I remember at least three of them saying, well, you know, that's great. As long as you believe in God, that's all I want. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Our baby's tummy mommy. 
her, his biological mother actually even asked a lot of questions later on when we mm. would meet and took interest in what a Muslim does and what's different, right. what's similar. And yeah. I think there were a couple of times he realized it's all the same. Right, right. It's all very similar. Right. It was all, I think Sikandar kind of went in feeling like maybe we would get rejected. Um, yeah. Right. Or, you know, because we are Muslim, yeah. are Muslim, but it really was so positive and from all four of them. And then, you know, we call her tummy mommy, but birth mother, she was so just like, it's, yeah, like Sikandar was saying, it's all the same. It's all positive. Right. You know, child will be raised in like a well-rounded home and we, with a lot of love and peace right. and comfort. And so it really, yeah, it was really great. The reaction that we received from that. And I, Not I, only that. I mean, I, I think, uh, uh, being a Pakistani, having an accent, although my brother tells me my accent is going away, which I, <laughs> I don't want it to go away. Shame, Sikandar, shame. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep my accent. But there are very few times, and I, I'm sad to say this, but very few times that a brown Pakistani man with a, an accent has his race and color give you benefit in USA. It's very yeah. unfortunate. But this is one of those instances where a couple of those people who wanted to talk to us told us they wanted to talk to us because we were interracial couple yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that was yeah Sikandar was the hot commodity yeah. <laughs> for once <laughs> no uh, I mean that's the thing when you hear things like this you know because we are a the same background, you know, Pakistani Muslim background, um, we are a racial minority. We do hold in a lot of, I, I would say, it, these innate fears that how, when we take these huge steps, how will we be received? It's always this fear that exists. And, but when you have people who welcome you this way, the way you were welcome in your adoption journey, that these four women, they reached out to you because you both of you were an interracial couple i think that's amazing i mean it's a real testament to how things are cha are changing excuse me in the us especially in, in utah i came to utah for your wedding and i was like oh my god oh oh geez this is like this is really white and i'm not really comfortable here <laughs> No, but th that's the thing. You, it's because because you feel more fine minority in a place that is, it's not small, but uh, we're so used to the big cities where there's, you know, we'll meet a lot of other Muslims. But in a place like Utah, you have maybe a handful of Muslims, not a whole lot, and it becomes a little. You become a little nervous in that surrounding. That you, especially, I came with my kids. He was like, "I'm hoping that my kids don't take away anything negative from the experience." Oh, Salt Lake City, I think, has come a long way. The first time I right. visited was 2011, and fortunately, so I mean, Utah has accepted a lot of refugees from Nepal, mm -hmm. from Iraq, from Afghanistan. There's a restaurant called wow. Afghan Kitchen. Wow. And. And in this day and age, if you can name your business Afghan Kitchen and it's right. been prospering, I think right. that says a lot about the small bubble Salt Lake City is, right. which is less than a billion people. Utah, I, overall, I think still is very conservative socially. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I've been seeing a lot of immigrants and their children coming into uh, the mainstream universities, mainstream jobs. I've worked with some 
Nepalese immigrant, a refugee immigrant. Their parents immigrated here for refuge and their kids are having mainstream jobs. So I think things are improving. Um, there's one thing I wanted to mention about, and I haven't even talked to Natasha about this. So four or five years ago, I met a person who was, and I mentioned the same thing. When I grow up, I want to adopt children. Right. And it was taken away negatively. And that was a Pakistani person. Yeah. And yeah. So, and, and, th- and then I also met a few other people growing up who would always talk about adoption in a very negative way. Right. None from my immediate family, all from this uh, people that I was acquainted to. Right. And a year ago when Natasha and I were getting married, uh, a couple of people who are native to Utah, mm-hmm. who I work with, educated people, physicians, they were asking me, hey, so what's your plan? You're getting married, you'll have mm. kids. And I was like, yeah, we're excited. We both decided that we want to adopt children in the future. Right. And I got a very negative response from them. Not a negative response to change your mind, but a negative response to show me what they thought people, oh. children who are adopted are. That's like, terrible. They use the word damaged goods and stuff like that. Oh my God. Yeah. So, That's terrible. And I'm a firm believer that everything that happens in your life has some purpose. And if right. you can't find that purpose, that means you're not looking hard enough. Right. And I was thinking about this last week when I was working that I think that was very important for me to hear or not to get a negative opinion of my own Pakistani culture mm. and to realize it's not only Pakistani cultures, every culture which right. has some people which will look at this in a negative way. Right, and, right. And that, that gave me a, some sense of pride and relief saying, you know what, it's everyone, it's not just Pakistani people. Right. And right. It's, it's also not everyone because all my friends who are Pakistani, uh, your husband, everyone has been so supportive of this. No, I mean, uh, if, if I didn't already have two like small gremlins of my own, I, I, would have, I would have totally adopted a girl. But for <laughs> now, I'm trying to raise these little gremlins of my own and like get them like grown up and then maybe like think about adopting. But the, what I wanted to ask the both of you, um, you guys went for a, a newborn adoption. Um, Was there a particular reason for that, um, as opposed to an older uh, child for adoption? Yes, I mean, we both uh, felt that our first child, I think we as a couple needed to go through a process of becoming parents. (laughs) And (laughs) and I I think uh, as a learning thing, it's it's amazing how you need to change and learn and Mm -hmm. change yourself to become become a parent right and we really wanted to set ourselves up for success and that's why a newborn you felt as a first child a newborn would be best for us right right and and i think that's fantastic that really is because um my heart really goes out to all the children who are either um in adoption agencies or in even the foster care system that they don't have that level of security that every human being deserves and I think what you guys did was fantastic. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask was, since um, you guys are planning your second time around from Pakistan, um, will it be another newborn adoption, or and will it be the same gender? Let's let's put put, it, put that in too. <laughs> I think I have an answer for both of those things. Uh, newborn, I don't think we'll have any control over. 
Right. And given how things work in Pakistan, and right. usually when children are taken into orphanages, from what I was told, they take, take care of them the first couple of years. They insist oh, on for, for, and I think that's a good thing on their part. They try right. to bring up a child a couple of years, make them more stable, at right. least health-wise. Right. And then, so I do not believe our second child will be a newborn. Okay. And I have a feeling our second child will be a girl. Okay. Because Yay. I want a girl. <laughs> no, actually, no. The one, one of the reasons is uh, there's a orphanage in Islamabad, which mm-hmm. in Lahore actually, which uh, only takes care of women and young girls. Right. And, and uh, I've been in touch every few months with the person who runs it as a charity, and uh, he, I think, it'll be a girl that we'll go with. Yay! Yeah. Because, like, from personal experience, Natasha, I mean, you can't have two XYs running around, like. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> like there's so much <laughs> chaos that they create. <laughs> no, but you know, I like it. It brings me personal joy because I I really love, you know, a if you guys adopted and then a boy and a girl, two two kids that you would give a, a wonderful loving home to with, and and it's that's the thing. It's it's even a a, a pretty non traditional home by. Pakistani standards you know that's how it is but they it brings so much more I guess an, an enriching experience for the the two mashallah little little joys that you will have in your lives so I think yeah I think I think it's important to you know start bending the rules of tradition too I yes. you know I, I think it's a family's a family and no matter how it comes to us and I really look forward to you know going to Pakistan and taking Zane to Pakistan yes. and um, going showing him to his uh, you know Dada and Dada and, and, and <laughs> we are so excited to, to meet him. But how is it for you, Natasha? Because you know you went to Pakistan and. I mean, I don't know if you'd been to that side of the world before or not, because it can be a—it's a—it's can be a shock even for us when we return. We're like, oh my god, I'm not used to this anymore. <laughs> well, we we had our Valima there um, last October, so uh, yeah, October 2019, and it was beautiful. I mean, his family really went above and beyond um, for us and. His extended family as well. I mean, it was Aww. so welcoming and That's just sweet. so so um, hospitable and kind. Mm. And you know, his his father was driving us around Islamabad and showing me around. And everyone I came to, you know, strangers on the street were so so kind. I got a oh, few yes. looks, uh, you know, <laughs> but nothing negative or at all. It was very right, nice. right. You t- you took her to the safe city, Sikandar. I mean, like I mean, yeah. I don't know <laughs> not ready for Karachi yet. <laughs> not yet. I do want to take her next time. And yeah. what was amazing about the Balima, there was one of my distant cousins who I hadn't talked to in a long time, and she came up to me and said, "Your wife looks so happy," because oh, yeah. th- then I thought about it. In in Pakistani culture, what does the bride do when she's on the stage? Yeah. She's sitting and looking down. <laughs> yeah. She was smiling, talking to everyone. So, uh, you know, it was. I got that a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you look so happy. Like, why not? No, that's so, that's not, it's wonderful, you know. I mean, I, I think we, me and my husband and my my family attended the, the main wedding wedding, but we, we didn't, you didn't even send us pictures, Sikandar. I mean, that's not fair. 
<laughs> Bulima was fun. I'll, I'll send you pictures. Yeah. It was a yeah. small event, right. but it was, it was lots of fun in, in Islamabad. Yeah. And oh, turns out the coincidence was that I, I went there. We got to the hotel for the Valima. I got mm-hmm. there early mm-hmm. with my friend Atif, who was from city school before mm-hmm. I met you guys. And I was walking around and a guy shows up who I haven't seen in 20 years. Oh, wow. Turns out he's in USA, but was back in Pakistan for his Valima next door, <laughs> the hall next door, wow. with, his, with his wife, who was also in a similar uh, interracial couple situation. Wow. So, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, um, it's with um, our generation and younger, a lot of these traditional things um, sort of that have been taboos for a long, long time. They're sort of like being broken down for... Um, I can't even say it's a modern thing. It's just that uh, it's less culturally conservative now. Like uh, the the younger generation, I mean, our generation and, and younger are less culturally uh, conservative because they have so much more exposure to so many things through the internet or um, social media, a lot of these things. So I think, again, um, the reason I wanted to highlight your stories because there was a time when something like this could not have happened for you, Sikandar. Like, yeah. And when you really think about it, it would, could not have happened. Because, A, you know, going to the U.S., getting married to Natasha, and then adopting, it was a pretty big leap, I guess, in the 60s or 70s. It's a pretty big leap. That was not something that had happened at that time. Definitely would have been less, less than easy to do it at that time. At that time. Yeah. No, but thank you both for being here with me and telling me and my audience your story. I think it's it's so great to be able to see see this happen now for two people who met, fell in love, and in, in under circumstances that were that were unusual at one point in time. And then you guys went out on a limb. I mean. Again, a lot of people either in Pakistan or in the U.S. would have been like, oh, but you should have kids of your own. Why are you guys adopting? But you guys, it's not even a leap of faith, but it's it's more of something that is that both of your hearts were drawn to, to take in, to adopt a child and to give him a loving home. Mashallah, he's adorable. I mean, like, I, I can't wait to meet him. He's He's, he's absolutely adorable. And, you know, and in the future, you guys plan to do the same. I think it's so, so, so great. So thank you for being here with me. And thank you, everyone, for listening in, tuning in to uh, Sikandar and Natasha's story of how the two met, fell in love, and adopted a beautiful little baby boy. So until next time, take care of yourself and may peace be on you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.